Welcome to Cozying Up with the Clear Cut, where we get up close and personal with women that inspire us. This week, we're cozying up with one of our favorite content creators, Sammy Clark. We dive deep into all things TikTok, how she developed her workout app, Form, and her surprise engagement story. Plus, we play a diamond game that you can watch on our TikTok. Hey everyone, and welcome to Cozying Up with the Clear Cut, where we get up close and personal with women that inspire us. Today, I'm so excited to be sitting with Sammy Clark. She's the co-founder of Form and a fitness and wellness expert. And I personally love following you on social media and your TikToks, and I'm excited to be with you today. I am so excited to do this. Thank you for having me. Of course. So you're best known, I think, for all of your amazing workouts and your fitness and wellness content. How did you get into this world of, you know, fitness and wellness? Yeah, I feel very blessed because my dad really instilled taking care of yourself at a young age. I was a dancer growing up, so discipline was like a natural thing for me, but My dad was an entrepreneur, so I saw him like 5 a.m. wake up, go to the gym. My mom like cooked all the meals at home. It was very health conscious, but we still had a lot of balance. You know, we go to McDonald's after, you know, dance. And so it was a really like nice upbringing of what taking care of yourself looked like. Now, when I moved to Los Angeles for modeling and acting, I got to see if I was going to continue that. And obviously I was having a lot of fun doing all the, you know, partying things I was modeling, (laughs) but I think I always kept coming back to my movement because I knew how good it made me feel. And I didn't have a crazy routine. I didn't wake up the same time every day. I don't have the routine I have now. I wasn't eating amazing, but I was always working out. And it was just kind of the thing that kept me going. Um, And then Instagram stories came out at this time and I started sharing really personal content because I was sharing on Instagram like hot photos for modeling, kind of almost like my book. And it wasn't really doing anything or fulfilling me. So I think when personal like Instagram stories came out, I, for some reason, took this time. I was like, I just want to share my days and really talk to other women and just like connect. So I started sharing my workout routines. I shared what I ate in a day. And this was a time where I was really getting back into a routine. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, was focusing on journaling. I was focusing on my mental health and I was just sharing organically in my days. I saw an influx of messages come in of just like, what is that in your workout routine? How are how long do you work out? How much do you eat? Questions that I kind of thought everyone yeah. knew. Mm-hmm. And again, this is where I'm like so grateful for my dad, but uh, I could talk about it all day. It was something that was just kind of like, this is just what I do in my day. And when I saw that people were so interested and so curious and wanted to feel like I felt, I just decided to start sharing so much more. So I really, I had, I was still modeling at the time and then I was sharing so much free content. And at that time I also started YouTube. So I was sharing like full length follow along workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched a few of those workouts. <laughs> have you? They're, they're definitely living there. They're great. So I have those two. And then it wasn't until quarantine, I think I took it insanely serious mm-hmm. because of obviously what was going on in the world and people were just begging for some sanity and also to take care of themselves too in this time and so I started going live 
five times a week and I would do an Instagram live workout. Mm -hmm. Um, and in that I would also do two times a week, kind of like a talk show with mental health experts. Um, and my community was just growing, growing, growing during that time. I mean, I think I was like at 60,000 and then I went to like 300,000. Wow. So it was like just going really quick and YouTube, same thing. Now almost at half, half a million, which was like crazy to see people were really interested in needing this. So after quarantine kind of ended, I was like, I really want to have this place besides just giving free content and people like, when you pay for something, I feel you like you hold yourself more accountable and you're more involved. And I also wanted this place where everyone could come to for a one-stop shop. Mm -hmm. So then is where the baby of form has been created. And it's kind of this all around wellness. Every tool that I use on my day to day, I include in form. So it has the follow along workouts, it has meditations, it has nutrition, um, and a lot more to come. So that's where we're at now. So growing up in a family of entrepreneurs, did you always want to kind of do your own thing and be an entrepreneur or is it something that just kind of accidentally happened through like the course of your journey? Definitely accidentally. I, I love to share this part because I think in our world, a lot of people think you have to have it figured out at a certain age. And for me, I think I was around 21 and I was again doing this modeling acting, but was not fulfilled or passionate. Mm -hmm. And I always was wondering what my thing was. And I was a little scared I never would figure it out. You know, when you mm -hmm. see so many people living their passion, I think I was a little envious and a little scared that I wouldn't figure it out. So I ended up actually going and just doing a part-time like corporate job so I can start focusing on the Instagram stuff and social media. But even when I was doing that, I wasn't thinking entrepreneurship. I wasn't thinking like I'm going to run my own business. I was just thinking this feels freaking good and I'm going to chase it and like keep going. Um, and then as I slowly just saw me like coming up with ideas and really starting to create a business, the entrepreneurship kind of arised. Kicked in. Yeah. Um, and I love how you like took it from like a hobby and then created a business out of it once you like saw there was like an audience because I feel like a lot of times you know people have an idea but they're scared to like try it out as, as a hobby and they think that they have to like drop their job like do everything and then just do it full-time but that's not the case like I think when we started the clear cut I started as a blog and a side thing just to see if people were like even interested mm -hmm. and then felt the confidence to be like okay now it's I'm time it's ready to take the next step I love that because I also feel like it allows you to enjoy it a little bit more. I think if I had the pressure of this is my money maker and this is how I make money and pay the bills, I think I would have started less organic and less authentic because there would have been that pressure. So I loved having that side job that brought the stability and also that time to just kind of play and be free, but not be like, this needs to make me money now. Yeah. And figure out, you know, what does your audience actually want? You know, you, you had the time to kind of like organically figure that out. Um, so at what point were you like, okay, this is the time for me to like start a a real business out of this? Like, was there a pivotal moment? Yeah, I think in that quarantine time where I saw so many messages coming through and obviously I'm responding to as many as I can and then I'm also making YouTube videos about it or I'm you know, on Instagram stories sharing, but I wanted a, a bigger place 
honestly, this was my first thought for other women to connect with each other. Mm -hmm. Because I know for me, how I started to grow in this space was connecting with like-minded women that were pushing me to be a better self. And I wanted it for these girls instead of kind of this alone experience. Um, And then I wanted them to hold themselves accountable by actually joining something that was bigger than like logging into free content. So that I would say at the end of quarantine was like the pivotal moment of like, I need to do this. Um, And then honestly, everything kind of just fell into place where it was like, I felt very supported and that this was the right next move. Amazing. Um, So uh, obviously you're an expert in all of the content creation, but what when you were you know taking on the venture of like creating an app and like creating a business like those were all things that were new to you right (laughs) absolutely i was like i am a creator what do you mean i need to know how to build an app (laughs) well even like when anyone starts a business like i am like a gemologist but like i'm like i've never like opened up like an llc or like done all these small things that like you have to like know to like start a business yeah so what were like kind of those like first steps that you took and like things that you learned from like actually like taking those steps to form a company? I think that everyone who's listening and wants to start a company, I would recommend writing down everything that you are excellent at. Mm -hmm. Like for me, I wrote down everything that I could do in my sleep, things that bring me joy. And then I wrote down everything I had no idea about and that I didn't want to do. And I went and found those people that could do it. So again, kind of feeling the support system, I actually had one of my best friends at the time and she was, she's sitting in the room as well, but (laughs) she at the time was like kind of in this pivotal moment as well of leaving what she had just finished. And then I was kind of looking for this person and I was just confining in her of what I was looking for because I knew that it wasn't me who needed to do it because Mm -hmm. my main focus needed to be what people were following me for and why they're coming to the platform, Mm -hmm. not to also build an app. You know, I don't need to, learn that part so once I understood that I started you know communicating with her and and then I remember she called me one day and was like I think I'm your girl like I think we need to do this together and obviously I was so nervous because our friendship meant the world to me and I've worked also with my fiance too so I know how it can work but she is someone that I knew would do exactly and take this business exactly where I wanted it to go and so we said yes and she has just been that person of all those roles you just said came in and like let's go let's go speed lightning um while I got to do my craft I think that's such a good point like if you want to start a business, like you're not going to know how to do everything or have all the skill sets, like, and focusing on what you're good at. Like I am a co-founder with my husband and obviously it's scary to like, kind of, we started it before we were even married. So it is wow. hard going in with like a best friend or like a partner into business. Cause you're like, I don't want to like mess this up, yes. but he had all of the skill sets that I didn't have and I vice versa. And I think that's what a good partnership is. And so if you do go into business with a friend or a partner, it's good if you kind of don't step on each other's toes too much. Yeah. And I think having like so many conversations before that are super real and raw before Mm -hmm. we even started, like I was so straight up with her of like, I am so nervous about this. I don't know if I feel good about this. And, you know, I think we just had a lot of communication before and then also knew the communication we wanted to set for 
the rest of the business that we were going to start and our friendship becomes first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think these hard conversations has made me grow so much. So I think if it feels right and you feel supported in it, like it's the best decision you could make. What are some of the best and worst parts of being an entrepreneur? Mm. Best parts are definitely kind of having my own rules, I guess. Like I have worked for a corporate company where I worked for someone and I could tell it just wasn't for me. And I, and I want to say this, I don't think entrepreneurship is for everyone no. too. Like the people on my team, like they thrive in working for someone and they know that. So I think it's also like knowing your place in that. But I think I love making my own rules, having my just my schedule, my time, like really correlating that. Um, I also just love the beauty of creating. Like I feel when I'm inspired, it's like the best feeling ever. So I think as an entrepreneur, like I love just experimenting, trying new things, being able to do that um, and then make them come to life. I think the hardest thing is turning it off. You know, Mm -hmm. I think I, especially in the social media world and then also being a founder, I just think it's hard to turn off this brain of like new ideas. It really is impossible. So I think I just try to do my best at the end of the day because it's just because I'm passionate about it and I love it. And I think that's a good sign that I can't stop thinking about it. Um, But I definitely have to set boundaries. So that's probably the hardest part. And like you mentioned, you're not only a founder and have to create content for form, but you also like create a ton of content on your like social media pages and that in and of itself can be very mentally and emotionally like draining to do and I know that you've talked about it before what is some advice that you would give to like yourself or someone in your position about like not feeling like overwhelmed or drained to continue to like put things out there if you're not inspired gosh this has got to be like the the hardest thing for so many like content creators um and it, it all goes through moments. There's some moments where I like, I'm creating every day and I'm thriving and I'm like, let's do this. And then there's some days where I'm like, I do not want to lift my phone up, yeah. you know? And that's just the reality of it. But I think for me is making it, making the system, like making it a system and making it as easy as possible. So, you know, if I'm filming for YouTube, how can I, reproduce that content for other platforms instead of feeling like I need to recreate the same content for every platform. Right. Um, so, you know, for, again, for Instagram, for TikTok, like those are so similar. So how can I continue to create those videos, but also use them for other platforms is a huge focus for me. Um, I also think I'm at a stage where I do need help and I'm okay with saying that. Like Mm -hmm. when I was in the beginning, I was doing it all myself, you know, and then now being a founder of a company and then also having two different social media pages plus YouTube and then TikTok, you know, all the different platforms that come out. I have people that help me edit. So I'm like thinking of the content and then they can bring it to life once I film it. Because in all honesty, editing takes me a really long time because I you know, I think everyone can agree. It takes a long time. So I would say editing or finding the, finding those hires that can help you have more time to, again, do your craft and what you need to be doing. Yeah, totally. I yeah. completely agree. Um, what are your thoughts? And I, I think this is actually something that's interesting because last time I was in LA, I was at a 
panel and we were talking about TikTok and I was with your fiance who was talking about who's a TikTok expert. I think he was like, it's great to be the face of, if you have a business to have a face, but a lot of founders don't wanna be that face on social media. So you are the face of your brand and everything. What are your thoughts on you know putting yourself out there, having a face to a brand versus like starting a company and it not, um, you know, not being forward out there? I feel like there's a different kind of connection that's made. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm living with that guy. So yeah. the guy, the guy that you met, that is like TikTok in your ear. We're like going to bed, and I'm like getting lectures so about TikTok. So you can't ever turn it off. <laughs> yeah, it is never turned off. We are just dreaming content all the time. Um, That's great. It, it is. I mean, we you have, have like so much fun coach. with it. Yeah, I'm like, help me, help me, help me. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I think. I even, it's so funny you say this because I went to an Instagram page yesterday where it was like going viral of this woman. I don't, it was whatever. She was kind of being crazy. And I went to her page and she never showed her face. Mm -hmm. She only showed like the products she was showing. And I was disinterested right away because Mm -hmm. I couldn't see who she was. Like I wanted to connect to a face. It didn't even have to be her, but put a face on that page and I would have like gone deeper. So there is something about just like human connection of like seeing a face getting personal understanding a little bit more beyond the product you also get to see like someone's face you know that's representing the brand so I think JT always says this like it doesn't have to be the founder for anyone who's like I don't want to be in front of the camera Mm -hmm. you can find people that absolutely love doing it and still represent your brand just as well obviously for me like I definitely am the face but I the only way that people are continually to come is if they see me because I started this brand. So it's like, I think having a face to it just provides that personal connection. And for someone who's like, I want to be the face of my brand, but I'm like too scared to like put myself out there. Like, would you give any advice to that person? Cause there's so many people out there that are like, I can't talk to the camera. It is so true. I mean, the amount of times I hear people say like, I'm just too scared to start. And it's the judgment of other people is what they're scared of. Right. And I'm like, that person who's judging you is also like judging themselves. Like everyone is just kind of scared of that. So I told, and I've been there a million times there's content, you know, I had really bad acne and I had to show that on social media for a really long time. And that was the scariest thing I've ever done. It was so vulnerable, so open, but the amount of connection I built off of that was amazing. So I would just say no one really knows what they're doing in the beginning, especially. And the only way you're going to move forward is if you put yourself out there. Um, and also everyone is going to connect to a certain person. Like for me, my acne story and my stories that I have, people follow me for me. So it's understanding that there's enough room for everyone. So if you're scared that you're, you know, just another Jessica or whatever, like, no, someone's going to connect to you because of who you are, the way you speak, the way you talk, the way, whatever it is. So like, just kind of do it. You just got to do it. And like, yeah, it'll it'll be embarrassing in the beginning, but then everyone, like I said, will once you find your niche or whatever is going to just praise you. Yeah, you hear every single person who's ever started a podcast, like their first episode or like their first YouTube videos that they put out and they're like, please don't find those. They're terrible. Like we have all been there because we're all just like, going for it in the beginning and then you're gonna learn oh people love this oh my editing skills are like this but the only way you'll know is if you actually put it out there we always say like if you're not embarrassed by your launch you waited too long 
Yeah. Like, that is so true. Even like, like now I look back at some of the stuff and I'm like, what? Yeah, because if you're waiting for perfection, like then you're just waiting too long. You're not going to get that feedback. It's so real. So taking a little shift in the conversation, we mentioned your fiance. So you are engaged. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, since we are a jewelry engagement company, I'd love to hear a little bit about like the story behind your proposal and all of that. Amazing. I know you keep looking at my ring. I'm like, what do you think? Uh, it's beautiful. <laughs> I'm like, he did good. He did do good. It's okay. a pear shape on what a pave gold band. You would know better than me. I'm like, thank you. Um, yeah, the proposal honestly was like insane. I, I think, uh, we've been together for five years before he proposed and we always talked about marriage, but I definitely, we were just so business like minds in that zone that I don't think I thought it was coming anytime soon. Did you like talk about what kind of ring you wanted or anything? Before? So no, that was the, <laughs> that was the issue. He really like blindsided me, but my sis, my sister, I said, if he ever does like in the near the couple years, the only shape I think looks good on my fingers based on me having really long fingers is a pear shape. That is all I said. So like, God bless him yeah. coming and creating something because yeah, I didn't give a lot of direction. Um, cause I didn't know. I would actually recommend girls to go try on a ring for sure. Because like, thank God he did well, but like, but like it could be scary. It could be scary. And also you kind of think your finger would look good with something, but until but like, you actually put it on. Um, so anyway, the proposal, he actually did like a crazy plan got my management involved and set up a fake photo shoot and so he got like the brand involved the whole thing and I got an email from my manager she's like hey do you want to do this shoot it's actually a couple shoot which JT and I have done before so it wasn't like far out there and it was like a really good rate and I was like I can't pass this up this is amazing like I actually and I actually have met the brand before I'm like let's do this this sounds great were you like disappointed after that it was oh okay. yeah I was like so am I not getting the <laughs> just kidding no I didn't even remember. Um, so anyway, I, we like went to this photo shoot, literally the owner of the brand was there. Like he took it so far. There's a full video I have of me full modeling. Like I'm taking this so serious. I tell the guy I have another dress in the car, like whatever you need. Um, and I am full posing, full going for it. We have a videographer, photographer, which was so smart. And then all of a sudden, like JT stood up and was like, cause he was modeling with me. He was doing a terrible job though. I was like, you are so unprofessional. He was on his phone like so much, which makes so much sense now. Yeah, I'm like, take it serious, bro. Um, and then he obviously proposed and I was- Were you like, is this for real or is this for the photo Oh, I literally said, I think my aunt texted me like, you said the F word. Cause I was like, what the fuck? Like, are you serious? He said he felt so bad cause I was so shocked. Like he yeah. really did such a good job. And then both of our families, which are very large came running down. Oh we were on God. the beach and um, then we had a whole celebration after. So he oh did God, a very that's so good special. job. Yeah. Good thing you said yes. <laughs> I did. I was like, oh my gosh, what the heck? But I said yes. Hey everyone, Olivia here. Hope you're enjoying our episode. Our clear-cut collection features fine jewelry pieces inspired and designed with you in mind. Our collection is ever-changing and each piece is handmade and made to order here in New York City. Don't forget to check it out and use the code COZY, C-O-Z-Y, for free shipping on any purchase. Well, do you have any other pieces of jewelry that are like sentimental to you that have like a special like added meaning? Um, 
my grandma who now has passed away has definitely blessed me with so many pieces that I'm so grateful for. She like is the one that would wake up in the morning and be all decked out in her jewelry, like never took it off. So I do have a necklace from her. that's just like gold and I don't wear it often because it's a little fancy, Mm -hmm. but I do. That's like my most sentimental piece. I love that. And Mm -hmm. I love how like jewelry can hold like extra special meaning and you can pass it down. So yes, I am a big fan of heirlooms. Mm -hmm. Um, So in terms of, you know, where you see form and like kind of like the Sammy Clark brand going in the next like five, 10 years, like what are your hopes and dreams for it? So I think for me, community is first. Obviously that's how I am like where I'm at in life now. So I'm always listening and evolving with the community and understanding what they need to be their best selves, end of story. And it always usually connects to me too, of like what I need. And so I think we're gonna continue for sure evolving the platform and what we offer, especially through movement. Right now I've been hit and strength focused for you know the last six years. And with so much information coming out about the woman's body of cycle syncing and understanding you don't need to do such harsh movement every day of the week and actually the beauty of rest, the beauty of slowing down. Um, we are launching Pilates January 1st. So it might already be out by this time. Um, And that was like a huge moment for me to give the community what they were asking for, but also give my body what it was asking for. Um, So I've enjoyed so much mixing Pilates with strength, with hit, and just having this beautiful mixture. I would say I've never been in better shape than I am now because of it. And I think the beautiful thing that we're also seeing in the fitness space is beyond the physical side of it, there's such a mental side to it that you're gaining. And I love that part. You know, I think we're just seeing our mental health be so connected to moving our bodies and making sure we're doing that. So I definitely think something too is we'll continue to bring tools and products that just make your days better. You know, right now we have in our shops like wellness card so you pick a card every day and it like sets the tone of your day and like or my journaling routine I created literally the journal routine I've had for seven years because it changed my life so I think it's like continuing to implement people and tools that will help people reach their best selves and for someone who really wants to like start their fitness or like mental health journey what but like doesn't really know like how to start or like what to commit to what would you tell them is like the best first step? I think definitely for me personally, I saw the people that I wanted to be like first off. So I saw the people that I was influenced by. I kept going to their page and I saw what was tangible and realistic for me to start adding into my routine. Because I think the worst thing that you can do is go one to a hundred and try to start working out five times a week, start meal prepping every week, start waking up at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. Your system's gonna be like, F this, give me out, like this is way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you'll get burnt out really quick. So I think it's slowly adding in one thing a day for two weeks, an entire month, whatever feels natural for you. And for me, I would recommend, because this is what I did, is starting a morning routine. The You waking up every day, I think, is so pivotal to the rest of your day of how you start it. So if it's meditation you feel attracted to, if it's walking outside, if it's journaling. What's your morning routine? 
it's long, but, <laughs> but, um, it's usually, I'll give you like the cliff notes, um, wake up at five 30. I do like a gratitude at the end of my, end of my bed. I do a little Mel Robbins moment in the mirror where I like high five myself and, you know, tell myself I'm amazing. Um, and then I go down and, uh, I throw my face. I'll do some meditation, um, this is a really cool too, cause my fiance and I kind of have our own morning routine, but meditations where we like say, Hey, and meet up, I'll meditate. And then I will do 10 minutes of reading and I like self-help books in the morning and then fiction books at night. Um, uh, so I'll set a little timer. 10 minutes is all I have. And then I'll do my journaling routine and then, um, pick a wellness card and then I'll go outside, walk my dog, get a little fresh air. That has been huge for me. Um, and then I'll do my movement. Awesome. Yeah. Um, if I can do like two or three of those things, I would feel really great about myself. <laughs> I mean, let me say it's not an everyday thing. I was telling her in the car today, today I did not meditate today. I mean, today was rushed. So it's like, that is my goal mm -hmm. to get everything in. in but and you shouldn't feel bad if you don't do it every day. No, I mean, I feel great right now. Yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> I think. No, I'm, I'm great. Okay. <laughs> um, well, this was so much fun. Thanks for being with us today. Tell everyone where they can like follow you, sign up for form, all of that good stuff. Yes. Um, following Sammy Clark across the board, you'll find me TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. And then for form, you can follow us on join form on Instagram and joinform.co. Um, and you can sign up there to enter into all of our programs, all of the access to everything that I've mentioned throughout the podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. What a fun conversation. I can't wait to try some of Sammy's workouts. Remember to head to our TikTok to view the beautiful diamond pieces Sammy paired together and let us know which is your favorite.